This episode is sponsored by Whoop. If you don't know what Whoop is, it is a fitness tracker. You've probably seen it on the wrist of guys like Rory or Justin Thomas, Tiger, Scott Stallings. And they're using it to track a few different metrics. One is strain. The other is recovery and sleep. And from what I've seen, what I've heard, most people talk about recovery and sleep as being these metrics that they're really enjoying diving into. Recovery is really simply how well you're ready to perform the next day. The more that you're recovered, the better you can perform at your peak. It's a stat that is worth tracking, and I've found a lot of value personally and from what I've heard other pros talking about with me of how they're using it. Whoop is a sponsor of the podcast and has given us an awesome discount code. You can use GSL to get a discount when you pick up your Whoop band. And we also have a Whoop team, which is awesome. So everybody in the Golf Science Lab community who's picked up a band, we can kind of see what everyone's doing. You can make this into a game and try to get to your best when it comes to sleep and recovery and what you're doing with strain. So you can head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Whoop, and there's a code that you can uh, enter in and join our team. It'd be really fun to get everyone who's picked up a Whoop band involved on that. So make sure to check that out. And whoop.com, code GSL for discount. We're on a mission to help golfers from all over the world achieve their goals by understanding what it actually takes to play their best golf. We're talking with leading instructors, researchers, and players themselves to find what is actually working. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are starting Three days in a row of podcasts. Yes, this is uh, this is the week for your mental game. We're going to dive in. The first two days, we're going to answer some questions. The third day, we're going to chat with a uh, with a player and our special guest, Dr. Greg Carton. Greg, how's it going? Cordy, it's going well. Looking forward to it. Absolutely, Greg. You're uh, one of my favorite people to chat all things uh, mental game with, and I think one of the reasons is you approach it from such a just simple, not in a bad way, <laughs> but such a like simple, understandable approach. Sure. That no matter who you are, you can like understand kind of the method. I don't know if you like that word, but the method and the way that you approach things. Yeah. I think so. I find that a lot of my work is helping to simplify some concepts that may seem confusing or difficult to pull off. Yeah. And kind of, I guess, maybe to set a little bit of context, uh, the lens that you talk about performance through is uh, the lens of uh, a mindfulness approach, yeah? Correct. Yeah, a little bit uh, less sort of controlling, more of a acceptance or observation type model or method. You'll see that here pretty quickly. If you, if you haven't heard Greg on the podcast in the past, let's dive in. We've got a handful of questions. Today, we're tackling questions about uh, kind of the golf swing. We're going to focus on that. Tomorrow, we're going to focus a little bit on playing golf. And then third day, kind of a, more for the competitive golfer a little bit, kind of things you can you can look at then. So I think we all have a lot of questions about the golf swing and our mental game and our approach toward it. I'm going to start you off with kind of one that we all have, and it, it's this thought about a negative thought. So here's a question. It's how do I block out the negative thoughts once my swing starts to struggle in the middle of a round, which, which always seems to happen. I mean, I relate to that, right? Like we, we all get going pretty well, you know, six, seven holes in, and all of a sudden we, we find a creek or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah, sure. I think, you know, this is sort of the classic misconception or can send us down a very frustrating path when we think that we can block out negative thoughts or that actually 
negative thoughts are even bad to begin with. The reason that positive thoughts and positive thinking gets a good reputation when it comes to performance is that when we're having those thoughts, like if you stay, if you're standing on the first tee and you, the only thought you have is piping one down the middle, you're going to be engaged with the swing as opposed to the thought. So we don't do anything when we have a positive thought. When we start to have negative thoughts about things we've done in the past or bad things that have happened or what might happen that could be bad, well, now we've placed some of our attention on trying to stop thinking those thoughts, trying to maybe change those thoughts or judging ourselves for even having those thoughts. So you can see the difference between the two. In the end, I believe that regardless of the content of our thoughts, good or bad, we can still engage with the physical action of the golf swing without being hindered by our thoughts through awareness. If we're aware we're having a negative thought, we understand it's just a thought, it's not bad, we can move on to to that engagement versus trying to fight ourselves and swing at the same time. You know, the other interesting thing that I that I hear in this, this tweet that we got, this question is, um, you know, my swing starts to struggle in the middle of the round. I think a lot of that comes, you know, from this idea of we're all going to have bad shots, you know, in a round of golf as well. And a lot of us struggle with really high expectations. And then when you do hit that shot awry, your, your mind just starts to spiral. And then you start seeing every water hazard and every out of bounds on the golf course. Yeah. And then we think that that's wrong, right? So it's the, incorrect expectation that everything is going to be work out well when we play. Once in a while, maybe that does happen. But again, as golfers, we're only going to hold ourselves to our highest standard. So golfers will identify with the best score they ever shot or their handicap and say, that's who I am as a golfer. And if things aren't up to that, then our thoughts start to rev up and we think something's wrong and the warning signals go off and, and now we've created a whole mess. But yeah, I think that... It's the most challenging thing that golfers face is that one, the inconsistency of the game, and then two, trying to fix things when they're perceived to be broken, and usually they're not. So those who accept bad shots, you don't have to be happy with them, but understand that they're part of my round, not the end of my round, are much easier to move on to the next shot versus trying to fix and fight ourselves on the next shot when we can't do anything about the prior bad shot. A story to, to relate to those negative thoughts is yesterday, got out and played around to golf. It was super fun. One of the first rounds back here in, in Minnesota and the first tee box, there's a water hazard all down the left side of the, all down the left side of the fairway. And you're know, standing on that first tee, it hit two range balls prior to this to warm up. That's my recommended warm up routine is, is two range balls. And, you know, standing there and I absolutely thought like, crap, I don't want to hit this in the water. And some might perceive that as, you know, not very mentally tough or not very strong, whatever it might be. But I end up standing there. I have that thought of like, oh, man, I really don't want to start, start my round by hitting a, my drive in the water. But I actually hit the best drive of the day and hit it right down the middle. That's a great um, example of thoughts don't hit golf shots. Totally. Totally. So, sorry, I cut you off quick there, but I got excited because that was a perfect <laughs> example, right? The it. idea that we've just been told that you can't think that way or good players don't think that way. So this is a subconscious thing that takes place. We have that thought. There's a sense of, there's a resistance to it or a judgment of ourselves. Well, good players don't think this way. I just did. I must not be good. I need to do something different. I have to block this out. I have to change that thought all while trying to hit a golf shot, right? So the idea is that all we're trying to do is create freedom from ourselves, not, not swing the club well or hit good shots or any of that from a mental perspective. It's only to create an environment where we're free. 
so that we can access the skill that we've worked so hard to develop. And freedom can be taken away from us when we're fighting or resisting ourselves, right? There, there's no freedom in that. There's, it, we're filled with tension. So the next time we have one of those thoughts, it's not, what do I do to stop this? It's let's hit this shot and have this thought because thoughts don't hit shots. So I maybe answer those questions for, for some of our listeners. They would guess that two are pros and you work with players top 100, you know, top 50 in, in the world. They don't think about, oh, I could miss this four footer or they don't think about, oh, there's a water hazard right there. Is that true or not? Or how do two or pros think? I mean, everyone sort of has those thoughts that occur to them at, at different times. But I think the idea being the more engaged we are with what we're doing in this moment, the less our thinking is going to register. And so when guys say that when they play well, they, they feel like they're not thinking at all, that, that's what that is. It's a total engagement in the moment so that our thoughts no longer really register. But we do, everyone, if you're a human being, is going to have those thoughts. And in fact, probably more than not, because as humans, we all sort of have this negative bias, right? We're, we're always sort of on the lookout for danger. We, we use that to survive. So on the golf course, it's no different. We, we need to see where the danger is and we have to avoid it. And that's sort of built into our DNA. So there's nothing wrong with thinking those thoughts. And I think that's the important difference there is that maybe not even pros, just when people are playing well and they have those thoughts, they don't register. When we're not playing well, those send off e even deeper signals of fear and the need to sort of stop and do something about it. And that's where our problems come from, not the thought itself, though. I think maybe to kind of summarize this is that um, thoughts don't hit golf shots is, is kind of that is a line you said in there. And then whether it's a negative or positive thought, that particularly doesn't have an impact. Maybe just to close, what does have an impact if that's not the, the thing that has an impact? Freedom, right? Because again, we're, we're trying to create a space where we can act with total freedom. And we can't do that if we're judging ourselves or thinking we should be doing something different than we are. Let us dive into our uh, second question. This is another, I feel like, one that a lot of us can relate to. I relate to it from yesterday. Uh, everyone says, trust your swing. What if it can't be trusted? And it, it, hey, I mean, a lot of us are starting our season here. Probably not much trust in many golf swings as, as we're getting back into it. What, what are some of your thoughts around you know, trusting your yeah, swing? Yeah, I mean, in an ideal situation, we would have full trust in our swing. But let me run you through this sort of little example. So as, and we maybe call that confidence, right? Trust or confidence in our swing. So what that comes from is sort of a data set, right? Like we've hit a lot of good shots. So we trust that the next one will probably be good. Or we trust our swing or we're confident that the next one is going to be good. All these being recollection of things that have already happened, right? And as golfers know that we, we could work really hard to get confident. And that confidence could go away. Literally, if the shot we're trying to pull off is three to four millimeters off where we're trying to make contact with it, that confidence is stripped away, all that hard work, right? And it takes a lot to gain that back. I'm more of the school that we don't need to be confident or we don't need to trust to hit good shots because, again, trust and confidence are products of thoughts, of things that have already happened. And as we just covered in that last question, that our thoughts don't hit golf shots, good or bad, they don't hit golf shots. So. Next time when you're out there and you're not trusting your swing, remind yourself, what's that coming from? It's coming from thinking, right? We still possess the ability to hit a decent shot. That doesn't disappear with bad thoughts. 
it may seem like that. And that's really difficult to sort of navigate through, especially when we're, you know, in competition or we're, you know, stressed out. It's just, it's much harder to see that, to step away from that. But that trust and confidence are all products of our thoughts, all of, of things that have already happened. And then a slight peek into the future and guessing based on what's already happened, what might happen. Again, more thinking about what might happen instead of being totally engaged in what you're doing in that moment. This kind of reminds me of that, this idea of accessing your skill, like, you know, trusting your swing. A lot of, you know, a lot of us, most golfers have the skill to be able to do something. It's accessing that, which is so difficult because you don't have the freedom and you have the tension. I think about like playing a two ball scramble with yourself, right? Like most of the time, you're going to play really, you know, you're going to shoot par, or break, break par. If you're playing a, you know, a, a scramble with yourself, cause you have the skill. It's just accessing that is very difficult on the first try when you want it to happen under pressure, et cetera. Yeah. So that's it. That mental game again, is, it comes down to the skill access and, and that comes from creating enough space and freedom so that we can allow that skill to emerge. Do you like that idea of playing a scramble like that to, to kind of prove it to yourself that like, Oh, I do have the, yeah, as I long as you're not skill. using that as like your one marker of your success, because I think what happens sometimes too is people will tell me that, you know, I always thought, you know, if I played by myself, things would be easy. Like I would have, and what happens then is now we start to think, whoa, if I can't play well in these conditions, things must really be bad, right? So sometimes people even find that to be even more complicated from a mental perspective because they think it's the same thing as like with a one foot putt or two foot putt, right? You're just supposed to make those, right? So the closer we get to the hole, sometimes the harder it gets mentally to, to perform. Same thing with playing, you know, playing a scramble by yourself or playing, you know, out by yourself on a Sunday afternoon when the weather's perfect and there's nowhere to be. And be, just because the setting is set and everything's supposed to be work out, there's no guarantee. All right, we've got one more question we're going to tackle in today's episode, kind of talking about the swing and the mental game. Um, this one, kind of a swing thought. So this is uh, follow along here. We got it a little bit. So here we go. I've always played with one mechanical swing key and tried to ride it for 18 holes. Top level players always talk about simply pre-visualizing the shot and the shape only. Am I limiting my ability to get to the next level by thinking of a swing key? And when he says swing key, you could think of that mechanical swing key. Well, I think, yeah, the question would be, you know, how are things working out for you so far? I think we, we really can get ourselves into danger when we aspire to think the way, the way someone else thinks, right? Now, top-level players may talk about that. Who knows what's actually really going on, right? A lot of these, you know, visualization, pre-shot routine, and, and one or two or three swing, whatever it may be, you know, there's a lot of buzz around people having those or using those, I guess, and very easy to latch on to those. And, you know, when, when a guy's winning or, or is playing well and being interviewed, those are the things they say that come to mind because when we are playing well, it seems like that's what we're doing. But I think anytime we fall into the trap of trying to think like somebody else, we're creating a resistance to who we are or what works for us. So if this works for you and you, you are able to create freedom and provide yourself an environment to, to access your skill by doing what you're doing right now, then keep doing that. But just because someone said it works for them doesn't mean that works for everyone, and, and especially when it comes to thinking. So 
I always offer that up to golfers like play around with, you know, different ideas. And even if you intended to go out to the golf course with one swing key, two, three, four, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have that on every shot. And it doesn't mean that you need to have that on every shot. So things are constantly evolving and changing throughout a run of golf as well. This reminds me of this question, uh, you know, Jason Day, when he was doing his eyes closed visualization thing behind the ball, he talked about it a lot, right? It was very prominent. Sure. He was playing well at the time. You know, I think Tiger talked to, has talked about, you know, kind of that visualization yeah. behind the ball, whatnot. So you hear anecdotes like that, right? But then you also hear anecdotes from, you know, I think about Rory or other players talking about a swing thought that is mechanical, right? Right. And so I think if you were doing a study and you're asking everybody that won on the PGA tour for a year what their swing thought was on, on Sunday, I think you'd hear different things every time almost. I agree. And to take one step further, and this happens a lot is, we've always been told that we have to think a certain way to play well, right? You have to think positive. You have to think a certain way to play well. You have to have one swing thought or all these things. Yet, if you were to ask yourself or anybody when they played their best, what they were thinking about, the majority of them, if not close to all of them would say, I don't know, right? That sensation of not thinking. So why, why is it that we're so gung-ho on trying to create a specific way to think when what we're trying to achieve is this idea of no thinking at all, or at least that sensation. It doesn't happen, but the sensation is that there isn't. It. So why ramp it up more by adding things to think about? Absolutely. Hey, that leads us really well into tomorrow's podcast. We're going to actually start with a question just along that. So we'll cut this episode here. These were three questions kind of tackling the mental game in your golf swing. I hope this helped. We'd love to hear from you on, on Twitter, Instagram, if it did. And then also, Greg, you are diving into our 2020 uh, session where you're going to coach us all for, for a few weeks. Take, we're going to take people through a course and then you're going to get on, get on calls with us on a weekly basis and really help set the foundation for a, for a good mental game for golfers and, and coaches alike. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I really enjoyed filming that content and hoping that a lot of people get to access that and enjoy some of the things that you and I have talked about often and uh, hopefully it can apply them to your game as well. Awesome. Yeah, we, we've taken probably I think about 250 people through it over the past couple of years and would love to take you through this this course and, and kind of understanding Greg's approach as well. It, it works. I've seen him work with tour players and whatnot. And it's just a really effective strategy toward better performance with your golf game. But uh, we're excited. We'll be back tomorrow. Make sure to join us for that. Greg, we'll see you then. Thanks, Cordy. Thank you, guys.